welcome to a very special anime manga edition of Let Off Some Steam. I'm Grant, and this is PC, and we've actually got a guest for the first time ever. This is Life. Hello. So, yeah, we're going to be playing about the format a wee bit in the next few weeks, so we're just going to, we're, it's a bit of a bridging episode, we might be a little bit longer than normal, might not be, so we'll just see how it goes. Very much trail an hour, but we'll see how it goes. So, because it's an anime manga special, I'm going to start off by telling you your anime identities. Cool. Which I found online. You can find many things online. Not all of them appropriate to be reading on a podcast. <laughs> um, my one, to start us off, is G is robot and M is magician. So my one is robot magician. Oh, that's far too cool for you, Gam. It's far okay. too cool. <laughs> PC. P is pretty. We're already, we're already up to a bad start. And C is cat. See what Aww. I mean? You, you totally would want that Aww, one. Oh, I want that one. That would not be the cute cat. Okay, so it's life for Halloween. Yeah, that's right. So L is lovely. Uh, okay. And R is pretty boy. <laughs> Can we just slap our hands? I think yeah. we might have to. Can, we, no. Can I just protest at both? <laughs> A lovely, pretty boy. Fantastic. Next thing we're going to do, I'm going to give you a movie fact with four different options and have a think about it over the episode and I'm going to bring it back up later and you can tell me what you think your answer is. Okay. So the question is, how many explosions are there in the first Transformers film? A is 58. B is 108. Mm-hmm. C is 208. And D is 308, so it's one of those four. Have a little thing over the episode, let me know. If you're wondering what the running time is, if you think that might give you a bit of a clue, 144 minutes. So what's what's the B equation for explosions (laughs) again, is it? Well, you'll find out later. Yeah, is it the the minutes divided by the amount of actors times by... (laughs) The amount of rotten tomatoes it gets. So how many explosions are in the What film would you consider it? explosion? Meaning like car explosion, transformer explosion, or like all, a toaster? All of the above. All of the above. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Okay. So this one for later, so yeah. Nice, nice. I'll Next. think about it. I'm going to do some news. I've got quite a lot of news today just because we wanted to add some more on today. Yeah. First one we definitely have to mention. Um, the movie scene with the most... <laughs> Um, negative feedback of the whole of last year and the most complaints was the movie about the artist Mr. Turner with Timothy Spall because you've seen Timothy Spall's clenched butt cheeks <laughs> on there. So with seen, clothes on or without clothes on? I'm going to guess with clothes that. on. <laughs> and that's what makes it even stranger is why have you got a problem with that? <laughs> How did Timothy um, Spall prepare himself for that? Was it just like just hours of clenching just to make sure he got it like picture perfect? He's a method actor, so yeah. he's got to do it for days before yeah. and get himself in character. Just, just picking things up and just holding it in place to make sure just the firmness is just right. Do we have any like like actual quote from this complaint to see exactly what can, what was the complaint referring <laughs> I don't to? Actually, was it but the, like, the well, like that's too. horrendous. I'll, I'll put a screenshot up. Screenshot up online if you want, and you can see. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that, that made my day. Yeah. And we could have a poll going is this offensive, yes or no? That would be brilliant. We'll see what our listeners think. <laughs> I can believe people would complain about that. Another bit of news Rambo is going to be fighting ISIS in the next film. I did see this. Inappropriate? I think, I think the bad taste of Rambo is kind of taking a bit of a beating after that one. That's, um... Is it too soon? 
Do you remember who Rambo fought with in Rambo 3? Have you seen I Rambo do, 3? I do, but I'm going to test PC yeah. here. It's too early in the day to test me. <laughs> Can um, I? <laughs> who, who he fought with? Yes, it, yep. who were his uh, allies? They were pallies. Because <laughs> it, it, it was the rebel forces, wasn't it, for the... I can't remember now. I'll give you a clue, Afghanistan. Palestine's? Yeah. No, it's uh, the Taliban. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> and they were a big team, and they worked together. Wow. But, but at least he's fighting against ISIS. At least he's on the right side of history this yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, at, at least he's taking a positive stance this time. For Have money. The last Rambo film, which is just called Rambo. Yeah. I don't think I have. It was alright. It it's an 18 for a reason, though, eh? The bit where he has the, the gun and he's just firing people apart with it, and you see the guy's legs get torn off by the bullets. No, <laughs> yeah, I would remember things. that. Yeah. <laughs> Not seen that one. So, what's your opinion on human growth hormone and what it's done to Sylvester Stallone's face? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> We'll never know, though. We'll never know how was, his face well, would look like without it. You know, true. What, so we will never know whether it's actually. You know what it would look like in the seventies, though. That's pre-plastic surgery. That's pre-human growth hormone. Yeah. Rocky, the first oh, yeah. Rocky. Yeah, but we don't know how age would, you know, what would do to him later on. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't turn him into Mr. Hyde like the human growth hormone has. <laughs> if you dissect his face, he's like lips first and then nose first, everything looks kind of alright separately, so it's just kind of like <laughs> the putting it together that didn't come across. Jiggy's like a Picasso in that sense. <laughs> totally. I'm sure he doubled when they did the Lionel Richie Hello video as well. <laughs> For the statue. His statue. <laughs> Another bit of news. Um, Ghostbusters the new Ghostbusters film is going to have a cameo from Dan Aykroyd star of the original Ghostbusters oh it's no. fire some opinions at me PC why because <laughs> your face is already telling us come on I know that's because I tagged him in the post for that one uh, <laughs> the point I keep making I don't understand why they feel the need to try and get previous characters involved from the old franchise when they're trying to distance themselves and say it's a reboot yeah. if like you want it to be a reboot then make it a complete clean slate and don't have any association or as I've mentioned before have it as a continuation of the story with them retiring and then training up new Ghostbusters which would make more sense I know that Murray had issues yeah, he wanted to come as a ghost didn't yeah but is that what he's that's what he, wa- he wanted to do but I don't, he's not confirmed no yet. so do we know where the cameo is going to be is he actually going to have any or the, relevance uh, Dan Aykroyd is the one that's going to come mm. and I think it will yeah. just be a teacher role it definitely will be won't it it's going to be it's going to be something obscure where they can throw in some kind of reference for people that are there really to hate the film and be like oh everybody's like, like, like yeah. the was like you yeah <laughs> <laughs> except I won't be there I won't be watching I'll be sitting at home and protest and not going just one last question on this if they release this new f- film with the female Ghostbusters which are they going to do will that then delete all copies of the original film so you're not able to watch it again <laughs> what do you just think just the trauma of watching that will be enough to just completely overwrite no, it no will that happen so, oh do you think they just would try and bury it like the, you uh, think, the, like the Atari the, version of no, um, what I'm asking is will the old film disappear if this new film comes out 
No, it won't. No. So what's your problem? <laughs> you can still watch the original. I wonder, from a girl's point of view here, I'm going to give my perspective. What would it happen to you two if you had kids and you had a boy and a girl and you show them the original one and the boy loved it but the girl hated it? Would you then show your daughter the female version of Ghostbusters? If she was bad, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the punishment, yeah. Would you like her to and have these role models? I would, because it would mean we weren't watching Disney for a while. Yeah. <laughs> be just, to just, have Disney. A, just have a catalogue of reboots and everything they're bad. It's like, I'm going to make you watch Total Recall. No, Dad, no, I told you, I've warned you this would happen. I think it's only fair. Another bit of news? The rumours for Spider-Man 3? Yes. Is that, um, well, Dennis Lee was saying that they were going to bring his character back. But how could do that, you see? He was he had died in a previous film. Tell us more. <laughs> well, apparently people were going to come back to life in that film. And not only were people going to be come back to life, what do you think the time gap between the first Spider-Man where he dies and this third Spider-Man would be? Probably one or two years? You'd think... So, would he be coming back as a rotting corpse, or...? Did you see his corpse in the original one? Yeah, yeah, you 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 see him dead. He is definitely dead. And they do better. I mean, they go to the funeral and everything, so you'd like to think that he was still in there and it's not kind of... uh, Given the flashbacks in the second one as well, but no. But see, in the series Fringe, when they move the mind from a corpse to a living body, they could totally do that. They would wing it. That would work. So you think it'd be his mind in somebody else's body? That would work, but not yeah, as the body. Work, the body thing would not work. They did say they were bringing Dennis Lady back, so unless it was maybe just to do the voiceover of the character. He could be the Lion King and be a ghost on this. On He's the a clubs. clone! He could be Lionel from Thundercats. That'd be good. Just crushing <laughs> <laughs> Too far. <laughs> They're making a Thundercats, aren't they? They've been talking about making Thundercats for years. I could play Panthro, what do you think, with my bald head? <laughs> you have enough? Can we, can we get a gate like a, a go kart and make it in the thunder tank? Yes. Because the big arms in it. What do you mean now? Yeah. Shall we just stop recording? Go on then, let's do that. <laughs> um, more news? There's a new trailer for Batman versus Superman. Yes. Semicolon, the dawn of justice. <laughs> the dawn of so many cameos. Well, you just you just watched uh, me and Life work together, so Life just watched this yesterday. What did you think of this? Life? Well, I was quite happy to see Wonder Woman. I quite like that bit. I did not like the beginning at all. I did not like the plot at all. I thought it was just so predictable, and so I didn't like it at all. You're not but then fan. the last thirty seconds were awesome. <laughs> how how long do you think Wonder Woman's actually going to be in this film? Though is the point I would make. I bet it's only like ten minutes maximum. <laughs> well, this is the this is the problem because they're really pushing the it's the, the Batman versus Superman storyline, but they've not even kind of touched on how they're going to introduce the rest of the characters that are involved The Flash That's true. Aquaman, Aquaman Cyborg how do we introduce Aquaman and make it not the stupidest thing in the world ever yes. <laughs> look he's reading two sharks who is it oh he's gone again who was that do you know who they've cast as no Aquaman. they've cast the guy that was in series one of Game of Thrones as Cal Drogo Oh my, what? That doesn't. No! That's, no, no, Caldrogo! That's notably blonde Aquaman. <laughs> so how that's the... terrible! I didn't know that, that's so bad! There's so many female fans right now that are like 
Cal Drogo was like Cal Drogo <laughs> it's, it's a skill to take somebody from such a high to such a low in such a short period of time well done Batman versus Superman will do that to you <laughs> sorry but I know this is old news but I still cannot take Ben Affleck seriously there I just can't I cannot believe he's uh, sorry I know this is, is old but I, is it Daredevil was it because <laughs> he was in Daredevil oh he was bad there too no no he'll never be Batman no. I think when I've said this before in the podcast, but when he he does look like Lego Batman, doesn't he? When he puts that in front of him. Black or mostly grey. But yeah. He, the only thing I like about it is at least there's some colours in this one, whereas when you watch Man of Steel, the whole thing is grey. Mm. Grey, black or white. Mm. And it's oh. not a black and white film. <laughs> I hadn't noticed that. That's a very good point, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> another thing I don't like is I love Superman, and I think Superman, the way you portray Superman is the way they did with Christopher Reeve, which is Superman is the hope of humanity and he's the best of us all. Not someone that snaps people's necks because he feels like it. Uh, yeah, I did notice. Screams the, as he does it. Yeah, I did notice the fact as well in the trailer that it seems that Batman's following suit. It's like, anything you can do, I can do better. <laughs> I'll snap this Kryptonian's neck. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you. This he's, is he's got some kryptonite by the looks of it yeah because you see um, you see the shot with the kryptonite there as well so but yeah I mean the trailer was better than I thought it was going to be um, but I, I still reserve judgment I think judgment it's what I've said though it's just the fact that Wonder Woman's in it and you're like oh something new thank god yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, then, hold on didn't you say that she was too fantastic what we put in the film by herself you no 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 it's fine it's fine alright okay but yeah, I mean, I'll, we'll wait and see what happens. But um, I'm still curious to see how they're going to squeeze everybody in and still have the main plot and introduce Kryptonite. And yeah, so mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. Okay, that's the end of news. Forever. <laughs> no news next week. No news next week. We no, it's going to be that to that standard. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. We've the news. So let's move on to our topic. Now, this is our presenting to me kind of thing, isn't it? So we've got anime, we've got manga, we've got an anime expert, a manga expert. <laughs> we couldn't make it today. <laughs> yeah. So we've got you instead. <laughs> so what I'd like you to do is to try and convince me to watch some stuff. And cool. I'll come back and so perhaps we you could both... come back and guest again when I come back and tell you what I think of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if I watch them. See, there's not enough technical porn. I'm not watching that again. <laughs> so I chose a couple of manga that thing. You chose anime, is that right? Yeah. You want to start? Yeah, we'll do one anime, then we'll go to um, manga. Yeah, we'll, we'll just see. Okay. So, Graham, I know for a fact that you like computer games. I do. And you yes. like a, a good, solid storyline. Yeah. And a strong protagonist. Yeah. I present to you Sword Art Online. Sword Art Online. Sword Art Online. Tell me more. Shall In the near future, what happens is that computer games become fully immersive, where people can go into the games themselves as their own avatars and participate in multiplayer games online. So what this is is maybe about 10 years into the future where they can release this game um, to 10,000 people only. They're completely immersed in this game, which is uh, a role-playing game, but it's sword and um, sword fight. Can I just stop you there? Yes. To say I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, the real reason Done. I'm stopping you is I'm going to throw some anime stereotypes at you and see if any of these are 
actually in it. Yeah. So before we tell you about our choices. No, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. He's just gonna feel like I'm. He's just bored already. That's what it is. Okay. Um, clumsy main character has more potential and luck than skill, but with determination and emotion, he wins. For a change, no. <laughs> Emo guy who doesn't talk or do anything but train and is uber strong and is praised but actually doesn't really care. Yes. <laughs> okay, right, we're... we're knowing we're mine, knowing the ones I chose so far. <laughs> well, these are anime stereotypes. Yeah, uh, some good separate ones. So yeah, so the, the main protagonist is a guy called Kreto, um, who basically comes into the game as being a beta tester as well, so kind of knows part does, of the game. Does he close his eyes when he's given exposition? He doesn't know. <laughs> Most of the exposition is done in thought or done through um, very clever dialogue. Very, uh, cl- very clever dialogue. As always, I'm going to challenge you. <laughs> as ever. <laughs> um, but basically, what they find is that the people that enter the game um, then find out they can't log out, um, and basically are then told by the creator of the game in game that if they try and disconnect the sessions, if somebody out with the game tries to disconnect them, or if they die within the game, then they'll die in real life. So basically, they're told the only way they can escape the game is by clearing all 100 levels of the game. Mm. So Do they have to kill each other? The, well, the game itself is not supposed to be a player versus player game. It's supposed to be just be against, uh, against the characters that are in-game characters. But as, they, as it goes on and people become a bit more unhinged and people don't believe it's actually happening, then people do start to kill each other. But it's the kind of thing where if, if somebody does kill somebody else, they get flagged because you can see people's avatars and their names and a kind of icon appears above their head if they've been known to kill a player or injure a player or whatever it may be. Right. So um, I'm really liking the sound of this. Can you give me one sort of... One thing that you know I'll like that will um, yes. jump straight in? Um, I mean, one thing that's is the brutality of it all is a point where... I like brutality. Yeah. Is a point where the... The main guy decides that he's just going to work by himself. He doesn't want to get involved with anybody because he doesn't want to be responsible. Um, at one point he does and he joins a guild with some guys and just decides to, although he's a higher level than them and he's more experienced, he decides to kind of stick with them. Um, and what ends up happening is that the, they all end up getting killed. And the main Probably leader... killed, I like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the leader of the guild, who isn't there at the time, ends up committing suicide as well. As a result of the rest of the guild dying, right, just out of depression. What are you saying that I'll, I'll like? About, <laughs> what are you trying to say about me? <laughs> no, it's, I mean, from my, from my point of view, it's more the fact that it, it's so brutal and that it's, it doesn't shy away from these kind of things. All right, so it's, it's a little bit darker than your traditional. Yeah, because idea. It, it's the kind of thing where you know it's. And not, I, I think that's what kind of draws me away from anime a lot is mm. thinking that it's just too, kind of too fantastical. Yeah. Alien yeah. school girls Same laughing way. and. No, I'm showing mean, their underwear. Oh, Stop. whoa, whoa, whoa. What kind of... I mean, you've really just <laughs> looked at the very particular oh, I'll tell you market what here. I'll tell you what I've done there. I've confused anime with pornography. Which <laughs> <laughs> isn't always difficult to do. Huh? Yeah. No. That never uh, happened to me, guys. I don't know how. <laughs> but yeah, see, that's, that's one of the main things. I'd say just the fact that there's, there's a lot of good storytelling involved in that and just the fact that they're not they don't shy away from certain things and you know and it is the fact that they're living within the game it's not just a case of right this is what you need to do and then you know it'll be good at the end it's a case of no this is now your life you're living this 24-7 you're stuck in the game and it's then this guy kind of trying to make his way through this world and how he copes and how he kind of deals with other people um, but yeah 
And you've convinced me. I, I think this is a yes, but what do you think, Life? I think that's quite well argued. I think that yeah, sounds pretty it. good. I liked it. And yeah. I think the main reason I'm going to go for watching that is because it's got death and suicide in it. Apparently, that's what I'm into. Yeah. <laughs> According to you. Emo. <laughs> <laughs> so manga. Ma- the traditional view of manga is people punching each other with veiny arms until their heads explode. Is that what you're wanting about? Like? <laughs> it does have fighting, yes. <laughs> it does have fighting, and it does have lots of blood. Um, so the one I have chosen is Battle Angel Alita. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's A-L-I-T-A. Um, a lot of anime and manga seem to be like three separate words. I guess it's the translation, because in oh, Japanese, yeah, every kanji means a word, and they would put it together as one word, but in like Anglo-Saxon or Latin or whatever, we have to divide the words. Yeah, the, tra- the translations usually aren't yeah. always fantastic. Quite lame, <laughs> yeah. So in Japan, it's actually called gum, like gum with N-M at the end, which means like, means like box of dreams for them. So it's actually much a, a much better title, but in the Western world, is um, so Battle can Angel I just stop you there and Alita. Say, do you hear the level of detail life is bringing to this PC? <laughs> cut this out, but up, yeah. up your game, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to cut this down just so we can see what I'm I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, um, I think this is one of the very first mangas that I read when I was like, I think, 13 or 14, and I think it was the time when all my girlfriends were reading Sailor Moon. And that was definitely oh, yeah. not my kind of thing. Girls in short skirts. Yeah, it was never, never, never my thing. I, I really like a gore and horror and mystery and things like that. So this one's pretty cool. Um, later on, because at the time I didn't know, but later on I actually associated a lot of things with Blade, uh, Blade Runner. So it definitely has lots of elements from that movie, lots, and you can see it reflected throughout. So the story is about this girl who's called Alita, and she's a cyborg, and she wakes up one day with half a human body and half a cyber body, and she doesn't know... She, she wakes up one day like that. Like that, yeah. And that's I the just first... I to make sure that's what you said. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the first page on your manga, so you don't know anything about this character, and your first page is just her opening her eyes to discover that she's like half cyborg and half human. And it's quite cool, because basically you follow the whole story through her point of view, so you are in a new world it's a futuristic world very similar to Blade Runner where everybody who is poor which, lives sorry which cut of Blade Runners I like then is it quite voiceover heavy or is it more sort of because there's the Blade Runner where Harrison Ford does a voiceover or is it more sort of internal thoughts instead <laughs> I know it's a manga man you read it <laughs> whether <laughs> I guess it's up to you she doesn't talk much so I guess it's more like thoughts I guess <laughs> that's a very random question um, and then so she lives in this world where uh, she's in Earth so the planet Earth however everybody in Earth is basically the least like the, the purest people and all the races that weren't able to make it in the universe ended up in Earth and is anyone else a cyborg? Yeah. yeah so then she discovers that there's Earth where all the misfits live and then there's this other kind of spaceship thing that they've made where all the rich people live and there's this cable that goes from this spaceship to Earth and is the only connection that they have with, with this spaceship. And she discovers that most of the people are half cyborgs or half mutated or they have no arms or whatever or it's just people that didn't so, make it. So you're talking my language again here, mutated <laughs> people. Now I'm yes. getting interested. <laughs> um, 
the coolest thing of this is that she doesn't remember anything about her past. The only thing she remembers is that she used to be a fighter, but the way she used to fight is pretty awesome. Do you guys know roller derby? Yes. The sport roller derby? Yes. So her kind of fighting is roller derby with real blades. So basically she kills people by playing roller derby. <laughs> So it's pretty cool. It's just a character from The Running Man, isn't it? There's lots of blood. There's lots of limbs. Um, there's lots of... I really, really like... They, for some reason, he's got this obsession with brains. So there's lots of photos of brains cut, cut in half. So that's his thing. I think it's his fetish. So on most like, covers and things like that, he has lots of brains everywhere, very detailed. And the manga, per se, is drawn very kind of in a dirty, not neat way. Like The ink is quite... You know, big brushes, but when he draws brains, they're very detailed and very perfectly. <laughs> so I think. See a, see a therapist sort of level. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Um, so the manga per se, there was an anime release that was only two episodes, and it wasn't that popular because the anime is much more. There's love in between when he meets a boy and blah blah blah. Well, in the manga, it's much more brutal, so all that doesn't exist. So the manga became very famous and is still going. Um, this was released in 1990, and is still going now. And now she's moved to the universe, so she's left Earth, and she's kind of conquering the universe, still killing people. So I tell you what I quite like about your description is the fact that there's very little background that she's aware of. Mm-hmm. Like, so you discover with her. One of the things I find really impenetrable about anime and manga is when it overly explains how they got to this point in their creation Mm. and this is who trained them, this is how they trained them, this is how many years they trained them for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always a lot of backstory and a lot of lore when it comes to... To remove that level and just go straight into the action, actually... (laughs) Sounded really, really good. It is, it is very good. I think I, I like that the plot is like hypertext, so it fo- is linear, but you follow different stories that join in one. I think things like Naruto, you could skip 10 episodes and you've not missed much, and then you watch again and it's fine. With this one, each, each episode means something and you cannot miss it. So there's the storyline is like. I think some of the anime falls into that as well. It almost mm. becomes like soap opera level yeah. of getting viewers back in because there's so many episodes yeah. like I found that when I borrowed Dragon Ball Z off you that you could jump in at any point and you'd kind of know yeah you kind of be able to pick it yeah, up yeah, I think yeah. the thing with things like Dragon Ball and Naruto there's a lot of filler episodes as well I don't know if that's maybe just because they just really need to give you a bit of a break from the action they just be like <laughs> let's just have a flashback to something that'll be great or let's just find out what what's happening over here and it's you know at, at times it's fine but it kind of gets to the point where you're just like oh just give me more action exactly. it's like but Blade Runner the, the fact that it's like Blade Runner has so yeah. little background yeah can I borrow this oh I, I only have it in Spanish so <laughs> you'll have to learn I'll Spanish, learn Spanish right? I will <laughs> you I will I pledge to you <laughs> you learn it in the next episode I will know Spanish <laughs> I'll get one of those CDs I'll be fine oh yeah absolutely <laughs> that, that's that's, that's how English you know right? yeah Within yeah. a week, <laughs> I'm glad you like it. It's, it's a, it really is a masterpiece. It's brilliant. Not not many people. I don't think my age really liked it back then. But it's the fact that it's still going now. It it says a lot. Should we hear about another anime? Please. Sure. So you like uh, a lot of the sort of thinking man's kind of shows, don't you? In terms of something you can really kind of think about, something that's got a bit of subtext, something that like uh, Quincy. Yes, exactly, Quincy. Knight Rider. Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, like that. Exactly that kind of thing. Yeah. The 18. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, so I will give you a show called Psycho Pass. Psycho Pass. Psycho Pass. 
It sounds so, like a board game it does. from a horror film. Like, every time you pass go, you get stabbed in the back. Um, what happens with this one is it's set in the future where pretty much the whole society is controlled by a system called Sybil. What this does is this system is able to detect your mental state. Uh-oh. So through this, yeah, you can see the problem. I'm, with not, looking, I'm not looking forward to this technology. So what happens is it's able to through this it's able to detect your mental state and. Um, Minority Report. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's that kind of thing where... Which is also Philip K. Dick. Which is Blade Runner. Which is Blade yeah. Runner, yeah. So, yeah. So basically, the, the whole society hinges on well, this technology. The Android's dream of electricity. Let's be exact. Let's be exact. Let's work about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, Ben. We remember. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically, the whole society hinges on this technology in terms of the way it's used to determine people's role in society, in terms of how people are treated... And so also how people Is that are, system open to abuse? This is the question. Because as far as we're concerned, people are so heavily reliant on the system because it's used for so much. It, it's an underlying theme on that is, you know, at, at what point do you not trust the system or at what point do you kind of feel like it's not working properly? A prime example is the, the kind of characters you get introduced to is a girl called um, Kane who becomes part of the police force. She She's quite... Because I've heard of this show, and she's quite an anime stereotype, really, isn't she? She's very, very young. She's, she's yeah, so it's a, the very young, big-eyed, innocent kind of protagonist that you get. Very innocent, doesn't really know. You know, it's kind of been thrown into this because it's been determined that she's apt for that job. That that's her. That's what she's she's assigned for. So essentially, what the police force do is they track down anybody that has uh, what they call it is. The, the mental state is called a hue. So if anybody's got over a certain level of hue, um, they're kind of detained and sent to centres to try and help them. So given like therapy and drugs and everything else. So there's See, scanners that, all that over the city. Me because have you ever thought like I don't know when someone's just kind of randomly bumped into you in the street or something, I would hmm. happily strangle that person, or well, if they made some way to annoy you. Yeah. Well, what happens is, is your hue kind of go, is your hue like a constant? Or does your hue? No, it's, um, it varies with some people, but it gets to the point where, um, as I say, because of scanners throughout the whole city, it's something that they monitor constantly. Mm-hmm. So there's no, you know, so everywhere you go, it's a constant reminder. So if things are starting to happen, you know, if, if your hue starts to um, go too high, then like things will come up. And it's, it's a bit like the kind of minority report where they've got like the interactive advertising kind of things and stuff. And it's like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Can I just check? Colin Farrell's not in this, is he? He's not. No. <laughs> there is there, there is no animated Colin Farrell in this. Can I just take Tom, Tom Cruise isn't in it, is he? Yeah, not in this. <laughs> much. Um, so <laughs> what happens is that, um, just to give you an example of how it works as well, the the police themselves, they are paired up with um, enforcers. And basically enforcers are people who are basically too far beyond. What they basically say is that these are people who they can't be rehabilitated their hue's too high mm-hmm. so what they do is rather than just keeping them in constant imprisonment they give them uh, almost like a second chance and what they do is they they give them a chance to, to work within the police force almost like they describe it as like hunting dogs that's a great idea <laughs> so but what happens is that they all have nothing can go wrong now <laughs> So what happens is they all have um, guns that are also tied in with the Sybil system, which have built-in scanners with them as well. 
but the guns are you can only use the guns if the sensors detect somebody ah, that has okay, okay. like Judge Dredd's gun yeah so you can only really use it on somebody that is a danger or somebody that needs to be detained so to give an example of the kind of opening episode what happens is um, the, she gets paired up with these guys and told right we're hunting down this guy who has avoided detection from the scanners for like months he's obviously just been hiding in his house and none of the scanners have picked him up so like when he does get picked up he's hugely like, off the scale so they're trying to track him down and what ends up happening and it's the kind of flip side of things as well is he ends up kidnapping the girl and assaulting her and, and raping her as well to the point where her mental state declines so it gets to the point where they corner the guy and he runs off but the girl's there and she's a complete mess but because her hue's so high because her mental state's deteriorated because of what she's experienced the gun activates to the point that they can just kill her because it's like no she's too far gone so if someone's a victim of a crime they can push them that's quite yeah and I'm not sure I want to live in this society <laughs> yeah so it's, it's the flip side of things as well you know where you know for a, for a moment or for a brief period of time your hue can go up to that state but it's also a point where you know that system can decide you're too far gone and what do you think life? that's terrible very <laughs> bad I work in the care sector this is terrible this is your future just, just to be clear oh my god just PC didn't write this no yeah. <laughs> You've not been planning this, no. Yeah, sure, PC. You didn't write this, did you? <laughs> You've not been no, planning it. Bloody cut you. Oh, you yeah, give me the scanner in the corner of the room. <laughs> you're you. It's funny that I just met you and this is the girl. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at you differently now. <laughs> Welcome to the rest of society. It's fine. I, I just like, like brains, you know, I'm normal. Yeah. I, I, I really like this idea. I like the way that I think Minority Report is too black and white when it comes to this issue which is very, the system works, but someone can just change yeah. it. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think there's such a reliance on that kind of system, but as far as they're concerned, it's, it's worked and they don't want to cause ripples. There's much more so, of an ambiguity to this system, really, isn't there? Yeah. Where it can, someone can be at their worst point or someone can be at their best point and their hue level will be different. So that's what intrigues me about that. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Uh, yes, again, I'm going to have loads of stuff. <laughs> to do. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. Another manga. Right, right. This is another one. Is it Ninja Scroll? No. Dragon Ball Scroll. There's no fighting in this one. There's uh, no fighting in this one. Um, I guess <laughs> my most favourite topic for anything for series, books and manga, uh, video games is post-apocalyptic stories. That's my thing. I really like it. And I'm such a sucker that I would watch anything even if I know it's bad. Even if it was the, the Book of Eli. Yes, man. I've watched that twice. That's how bad it is for me. I just... Sorry, it's an addiction. I, I just... Yeah, I watched it. Have you seen um, a new Mad Max film, though, which we talked about in the podcast? Yes, yes, I it's did. Amazing, I actually yeah. really enjoyed that, and I watched it 3D, which made it even better. I think that is one of the only films that works perfectly in 3D, because yeah, it's was, such yeah. a contrast of colours between the background I agree. and the characters and the yeah. vehicles. I'm usually so against 3D, it ruins everything, and I, I was actually very pleased yeah. And giant flaming guitars make everything. Oh, oh because when the when the flaming guy, the guitar guy comes forward on the on 3D is crazy. It's very, very good. And that Tom Hardy's easy on AI, right? Am I right, PC? <laughs> Certainly raises my hue. <laughs> so lower takes you beyond the My um, the manga I have chosen, my second manga, is called Dragonhead. And it's a bit more famous because it was um, it's, it's finished, it's been completed, and it's quite famous because it won the Kodansha Manga Award, which is a very 
well-known um, award for any kind of illustration or um, graphic novel. The story is pretty cool. Is that is again you start in this in this instance you you don't follow one character only like like in the other one you follow a group of characters and you that is narrated from like an outsider point of view so you see all the images from all these stories. Right. Um, you start in a train and it's a group of school kids which I would say they are like 14, 15 max maybe no even sixteen and you start in this train and suddenly it's just normal conversation the train so it looks really like a teenager book you know, you're reading a manga teenager manga which was really off-putting for me and then within 20 pages everything goes dark the train goes into a tunnel they never come out of the tunnel and then the next thing that you see is that the, the there's debris everywhere and there's been like an earthquake or a volcano you don't really know there's ashes everywhere there's raining ashes like in the road and then I wonder, like, um, sorry to yeah, yeah. butt in, but um, when you're talking about post-apocalyptic stuff, I wonder if the link to post-apocalyptic stuff in Japan is the atomic bomb. Definitely, yeah. You see lots of influences, particularly in Akira. Yeah, I guess yeah. it's the most obvious one. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, that marked the whole nation, definitely. Yeah. Um, so in this one, it's, a, it's, a bit, it's, it's actually kind of on those lines that... And it, um, so you follow this group of kids, but I think what I like the most is not—it's not just any post-apocalyptic thing. It, and it's not soap opera. It doesn't really concentrate so much on the kids per se. They're not interested in to know and knowing their parents or sisters or brothers or their friends. It's not about the tragedy that they are losing everybody. It's about fear. So the whole manga is focused on fear and how these kids leave the tunnel to discover the world that they knew it's ended and how they form tribes and each tribe, they're all children and the tribes are like made of like their own gods so they make their own gods, they make their own rules and they start killing each other and so it's a bit of like battle royale you know, kind of meets, I don't know. <laughs> so it's, yeah, yeah. So it's it's pretty interesting because it comes from a children's point of view. And for me, it was quite... Is it as, as um, good as the Hunger Games? Oh, the Hunger Games are not cool, man. I know, I know. <laughs> I know <laughs> there was a certain irony in that statement. <laughs> Thank you. For a moment, I'm like, no, no, do not even dare to we've, we've, we've seen Battle Royale, don't worry about don't, it. Don't, don't, don't get me started. And um, I, think, I think for me, as, as a female, it was very cool because there's not that many things that you can relate to particularly Japanese as such a sexist society so it's quite good because it's very strong female characters and there's a lot of Japanese taboos in this one like Japanese um, b- back at the time as, as, as well even more like they don't deal very well with like female kind of blood or menstruation or sex drive things like that Sexuality. there's almost like inexistence or anything like homosexual anything like that well in this manga they explored all this so it was very refreshing to see something like that so I really yeah I would recommend it it's quite um it, it, it's very addictive that you just and is this one in Spanish and you're oh you have it in English everywhere as well <laughs> but I do have it in the Spanish um, so, sorry you'll have to buy it so <laughs> you'll have to translate just have like an audio book so you can just as you're reading through the page <laughs> so the language kind of CD yeah yeah that's what I need to do just an audio compliment kind of CD just for so I'm going to throw a question at you go go I'll give it to both of you and I'll I'll give it to Life first because I think she's sharper on her feet. <laughs> <laughs> give, me, give me a chance to prepare myself. If I was to give you, if you were to sum up like three kind of things that appeal to you about manga, what would it be? That's quite easy. Um, I like oh, it's only three words. Oh my god, this guy. So you have to choose the keyword. Okay, of your so original, mm-hmm. um, elaborated. Yes. 
original, elaborated, and complex. Mm-hmm. I like those three words. Excellent. Aha, now you don't have anything <laughs> to say. You don't have anything Damn, to those say. were the three words I was going to say. Because <laughs> I think for me, that's the thing that anime misses. Like, I like manga more than anime because I like how elaborated the illustrations are, and I really like the, yeah. the drawings. Well, in manga, it's so simplistic because obviously it's a different medium. It's a different media that they use, so obviously they have to simplify yeah. things. And for me, although it wins in action and flu- like it's more fluent, it loses on all the tension of you know turning the page and the ink. And the, I don't know, I enjoy that. I enjoy. Well, I'll give you a different question in PC. Oh, he has it so easy. Yeah, I'm special. <laughs> <laughs> Just because he clearly couldn't answer that. <laughs> um, I'll give you the question. Why would why wouldn't you just jump straight to manga? What what does anime offer? I think anime's a lot more. You can get a lot more involved with with anime, as you were saying earlier. It's easy enough to jump into like the middle of a show, be it Dragon Ball Z or Naruto or something like that, and kind of pick up quite quickly what the story is or get involved with the characters. Um, it's also good as well to kind of have you know. At the moment, for instance, um, Naruto is still ongoing, and as much as it's filler central and it bugs the crap out of me at times, it's just like get on with it. You know, it's the kind of one, but get on with it. Um, it's good having the anticipation of waiting for that next episode, almost like you do when you're waiting for a weekly show, um, and you do get emotionally involved with a lot of the stories as well. And I think that's because of the way that they they use it as a good storytelling medium as well. So like I was saying before they're not afraid to touch certain topics that maybe certain western shows not even animated shows but even real life shows wouldn't touch or would be very candid about dealing with whereas with anime they're quite happy just to throw things out and say no we're going to deal with it's quite interesting that you went to the functionality of the anime first though is what appeals to you yeah I think there is definitely something to that when it comes to because you know what to expect when you're watching a particular type or genre of show yeah don't you I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you always kind of know roughly what you're in for, but at the same time, there's a lot of shows that will throw in, you know, big curveballs and big um, mm. and big storylines for you, which will cause, you know, and it's easy to get, especially I think with the shows as well. It's easier to get, as, as sad as it sounds at times, to get attached to characters, especially when you've, you know, when it's a long-driven series. So things like Dragon Ball being like 300 episodes long, like Naruto now. God for like the two seasons that it's on it's like I think it's about six six or seven hundred episodes mm-hmm. yeah. and you get to have a fair bit of characters and personalities and, and, and you get involved with what's happening in and them. I guess there's a there's an attachment to those characters you tend to only get in long running shows like that and then things yeah. like soap operas and things like that where exactly. you've known them for years and years and years mm-hmm. and it's the kind of thing as well where they're not afraid to kill off big characters as well so there's a character that's in there you know, yes, it's the kind of thing where you know you, yeah. your main protagonist she pretty much knows safe, but anybody out with that, you know, anybody's up for. I'm thinking. I'm just going to throw there out there, there. You guys are familiar with this movie from Ayami Yazaki, the same director of Spirited Away and Mononoke, Prince Mononoke, that is about these. I think it's butchers. I think that's the animal. Is they're butchers and they are considered gods in Japan. Like they, they, in in the movie, they're almost like deities and what they do their magic power is that they make their testicles grow very 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 big and with these testicles they can either fly or help people or they can help the crops <laughs> and that was censored in the USA when it was originally released and in West in Western world it had a very bad reception like audience reception while in 
in Japan, it was massive because it really appealed to all the kids and innocence, you know, because testicles there don't, are not seen the way we see them here. And um, I just um, I just thought to throw it in. <laughs> Would you just, watch it, Grant? Just uh, thought you threw testicles into the mix. Yeah. <laughs> I, if I had that power, I think I wouldn't use it to help people. I'd just use it to fly. I'd love to just fly around with my it's, massive it's, testicles <laughs> showing. I wish I could show you some photos. We'll look, I'll show you some. You want to show me some photos of testicles after we finish butcher, the show? Butcher butcher testicles. Testicles. Butcher testicles. <laughs> right, makes all the difference. Um, <laughs> you find it twice. Animal welfare. RSPCA. Okay, we're going to play another quick game now. This oh. game is called. Seagal, Stallone, Streisand or Schwarzenegger and okay. I'm going to read you a review of a film and you have to guess what the film is and which one of these actors is Stallone Streisand Streisand Seagal or Schwarzenegger Seagal or Schwarzenegger So this film starts off quite dramatic and the tension never lets up Troutman finds the main character in Thailand living and working for monks in a Buddhist monastery. Oh, that's it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I like you. You just... Sorry, you also just shout out when you think you've got it. Oh, I got it. I mean, it's definitely sickle. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Oh, Ooh. come on. Incorrect. Some great philosophy ensures here about a warrior always being a warrior. The character declines the offer to help his old friend and continues his simplistic and satisfied life in the monastery. Well, then it has to be Stallone, because Army would never... It has to be Stallone. Stallone is correct. Ah. The movie kicks off when Troutman is captured by the Russian army and is being tortured by an angry Russian colonel. (laughs) There's a lot of humour in this film and a lot of philosophy. It takes on a spiritual sense... And the whole thing is about the main character trying to rescue his friend. So, see, any guesses? <laughs> see, you haven't seen a bit of humour. I really thought it was Seagull. But now that yeah. you said the humour, it makes sense as a Stallone. But no, I do not know. Well, that's the thing. That's, that's a Seagull treat, isn't it? If he's not sitting with tribes I'm, I'm, or with... I'm going to yeah. give you a clue and be ready because I think you're going to get it when I give you this clue. Okay. We have already mentioned this film on the podcast. Is it Rambo? Rambo. The one before the, the Al Qaeda one. <laughs> <laughs> You're filled yourself, life. Give me the answer. Mm. See that? I'm too nice. Not as slow as you thought. Let's go back to the question. Oh, yeah. Yep. Right. So, how many explosions are in the first Transformers films? Is it A, 58, B, 108, C, 208, D, 308? What, you go first, life? I'm going to go for the safe, boring one, and I'm going to say the middle, 208. Okay. I'd also pick two away. You are both correct. Oh, we? Nearly two explosions per minute. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Isn't that it? is absolutely yeah. ridiculous. So we're going to be doing. Have you? Did you watch your film? I did. Yes. Yes. So he's going to tell. It. We we dare each other to watch a film every week. So what was your film? Do you want to tell life? Yeah, my film was The Prince, <laughs> which starred. Jason Patrick from The Lost Boys yes John Cusack and Bruce Willis it was made last year so it's not good <laughs> it's really not considering Bruce Willis's name is Omar 
<laughs> what? Yeah. So, we're going to kick off the film having a, a fantastic use of intro, which is news clipper, um, newspaper clippings, detailing deaths and murders, and at the same time doing like mug shots of each character or giving their names underneath. So it's like the side view, and then like. Can I just like, check who's the hero? Is it Jason Patrick? It is Jason Patrick. Oh, I hate Jason Patrick. You miss of speed too. You miss a trick here. And what you also missed on this one as well that we didn't realise was in this film, Fifty Cent. Oh wow! Yeah, that's going to be good. I knew I was in for a, I knew I was in for a treat straight away. Um, so what we actually get right at the start once the credits have cleared is something that's very reminiscent of Face Off right at the start, which is the emotional, which is the emotional um, father and child scene where they're embracing and then watching the child then get brutally murdered all in slow motion while doing the. So yeah, so is Bruce Willis a bad guy? Bruce, no, it's you'll find it as we go along. I mean, he's it's Bruce Willis who's in the intro at the start. It's his, it's his daughter that gets killed oh, right okay. at the start with a car bomb. Um, and what it then cuts to is Jason Patrick working as a mechanic. Can I just check what age is Bruce Willis's daughter? Bear in mind, he's in his sixties. She looks about six or seven, stuff like that. Okay, so. that's disgusting. Go on. How is that even? Oh, well. we, we don't ask questions there's no point we, we could sit here for hours talking about we're, we're guessing adopted yeah <laughs> someone else's child he just picked off the street <laughs> uh, so yeah so it cuts to Jason Patrick who is a mechanic uh, we then through much of the dialogue discover that his teenage daughter that's supposed to be at university is coming to visit him um, through some kind of Skype chat and what ends up happening is that he tries to get in contact with her later and somebody else picks up her phone at which point he goes, hmm, that's not my daughter. No, it's a man. <laughs> so he tries to phone her a few times, it kind of cuts back and forward, and he also gets a letter to say that um, bills haven't been paid for university that he's claimed. So he ends up flying out to, to see his daughter and can't find her, and ends up um, befriending one of her friends, and she says that he's she's hooked up with some drug dealer in um, New Orleans. So they end up doing a kind of road trip to New Orleans with this girl who's completely out of her head on coke. And then he kind of makes this side comment about, right, we need to get out of here as quick as we can, blah, blah, blah. If anything happens, then you need to get out. Don't ask any questions. And it's very, right, okay, there's obviously, there's obviously a pending dialogue that's going to be there to explain what's happening. Um, so they're trying to find this drug dealer. Um, and just completely out of nowhere, he just takes down like three random guys. Where it's the kind of thing where you have the same kind of expression as the girl, and it's like, where did that come from? Like, the what? So, um, and then gets to the point where he walks into a nightclub, and somebody spots him and immediately does the cliched, someone get the guys. You know, as you normally do, and it's like um, massive henchmen. Um, <laughs> and we then get a, a monologue from this guy that recognises him as they sit down and chat. Um, Said, oh, you don't remember me, do you? <laughs> no, no. Because I was I was there that night in whatever place it was. I I was struggling <laughs> at this point with notes, and it's like yeah, you you shot down seven guys without even taking a hit. It was like you were made of air, which was just like, <laughs> and he's right. he's like yeah. So and you know you, you spared me. You know everybody else was left dead, and I was lying. And you put the gun to my head, and by the time I opened my eyes, you were gone. And they go through this massive dialogue, and eventually he finds out from the guy where his daughter is, which is at some drug den. And then Jason Patrick then cuts in with, yeah, I didn't spare you. I ran out of ammo. It's like, ooh, drama. Ooh. 
Um, what it then cuts to from there is by far the slowest car chase I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> they must be doing at least a good 20 mile an hour with no other cars on the road. So all you get Where's is... this a, set again, did you say? Uh, New Orleans. So you've got the shot of both cars kind of swerving from side to side, but very slowly. It's like um, the standard reason place car, but like with just two cars behind each other. It's very bizarre. Um, and eventually one of the cars goes off the road and he ends up killing one of the guys. Um, we then find out, it then cuts to the point of why Bruce Ross was involved anyway, is that he's some kind of gangster, um, <laughs> as you are. Um, and we find out that um, Jason Patrick is essentially like a former hitman. And the reason he doesn't want to come back is because he killed Bruce Ross's daughter by accident. He set a car bomb for his car and was expecting him to drive it off. And we then get another cut back to... But instead his six-year-old daughter drove his car off. Yeah, it was his, his, his daughter and his wife. Oh, and right. Mr. Barrett, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so, that's the, so it makes this whole thing with... Bruce Ross then trying to find Jason Patrick because he knows he's back in town turns into this just mass and who's John Cusack then? oh he's he was only in for about five minutes he's um, he's supposed to be Jason Patrick's friend from times gone past but it's great every time he meets somebody that he used to know it's like you shouldn't be here you bring death alright <laughs> I see it's like we're really trying to push forward this thing that he's just like this invincible killing machine so it's like alright Okay, and we then get a, the most brief appearance I've ever seen from Fifty Cent, where he gets about two minutes of screen time and gets shot in the chest. Nice for harbouring um, Jason Patrick's daughter. What does that note say? Yeah, <laughs> they did this whole exposition about why he's called the Prince. Where John Cusack is probably the only thing he does for the whole film, where um, he's trying to explain to his daughter's friend about him, his past. He's like, "Oh, do you know who this guy is?" She's like, "No, no, I've just met him." Blah blah blah. So yeah, they call him the prince. Like, right? And we're all sitting, and you're sitting there going, it's not as scary as you think that is. <laughs> and they go into this whole explanation about how the street that he lived in, the section part of it off and called it Hadrian's, after Hadrian's Wall. It went into this big explanation about the about the Romans and how they, why they built Hadrian's Wall and everything else, and basically containing... And no, then, notable prince-free... Yeah, and then saying that. Yeah, and basically everybody else at one side of the of that was you know were classed as the kings, but he was always the prince. Um, I'm like, that's wow, so lame. It really is. I'm really sorry. <laughs> You're not sorry at all. No. Uh, so yeah, so as you can imagine, Cliche Central ends up being in a mass show where Bruce Willis has um, a further cliched um, Asian man as his right hand man, who by chance knows martial arts. And somehow gets beaten hand to hand combat by Jason Patrick. <laughs> Make it that way you will. Um, and yeah, so end of the story, gets his daughter, kills everybody in the building, and somehow walks off happy. And there's no police there. I see. Yeah. <laughs> Presumably the police would catch up with them later. You would like to think so. So a 10 out of 10 from you, huh? Solid. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I think that was a, a good solid 4 out of 10 for that one. So do you remember that we are both going to watch the film next time? Oh, God. Uh, I've chosen as a nice one to get started, and we can do your one next if you want to. All right, okay. Chuck Norris' Invasion USA. Yes, I did see this advertised. <laughs> so that should be good. Excellent. So, Life, thanks very much for guesting. My pleasure. Thank you for having and me. And we'll see you later. 
Sí, ¿no? 